רגע, לפני שמתחילים, אם אתם יכולים, בבקשה, דרגו אותנו באפליקציית הפודקאסטים שלכם. זה מאוד מאוד יעזור לנו להפיץ את הבשורה של הערוץ ליותר אנשים. ממש תודה רבה לכם. פתיח ומתחילים. In this channel, I try to bring the best mind in the world for an honest conversation. And my guest today, in my opinion, fits exactly this criteria. His name is Ross Jeffries. He's a master hypnotist, NLP expert, but I think he's most known for his work on the speed seduction community. And one can say he almost invented the field. If you have ever seen the film Magnolia, so then Tom Cruise's character is based on Mr. Jeffries. And if you read Neil Strauss' The Game or Hamishak, this is a Hebrew version, so you know exactly who Ross Jeffries is. Now, if you have ever wondered what speed seduction is, this talk is for you. If you have ever been intimidated by beautiful or just normal women, this talk is for you. If you want to discuss the moral ramifications of these techniques, this talk is for you. And if you thought if these techniques can be also applied in other domains, this talk is definitely for you. So hi, Ross, and thank you so much for coming. How are you today? Manishma, Kolbet Seder, Haber, Kolbet Seder. Now... Since you speak Hebrew, since you speak a little bit of Hebrew, and since in your latest book you say, okay, I want to thank my nephew Gidon and Ari, are you Jewish, yes? Of course. You want me to pull it out and show you? Of yeah. course I'm Jewish. <laughs> no, 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 no. But have you ever been in Israel? Twice I had the honor of being there, and the last time I was there, I gave a little seminar, and anyone who was active duty IDF got to come for free. So yes, I, I love Israel. It's a, it's a country that's both contradictory. It's a country that tries to live like any other Western hedonistic society. At the same time, there's sort of a split because Israelis also have to ignore that I part that says you're constantly under threat of destruction and go about your normal lives. It's, it's a very interesting psychology that I think doesn't exist in any other country. You know, before I started the recording, Ross asked me, where do I live in Israel? And said, in a, a village named Ophim, in the occupied territory. And he said, there are no occupied settlements in Israel. There are no Palestine people, just like there is... Now no you're going to get me hated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But this is... By the way, I'm sorry I didn't shave, but in Sunday we have Tisha B'Av. This is the day the temple was destroyed. So Orthodox Jews don't shave, like we have said, for three weeks. But I think this talk is going to be much, much uh, better. Now, there is Ross Jeffries. Oh, <laughs> now, there, there is Ross Jeffries, as I know you, and there is Paul Ross, which is, yeah. seems to be the kosher version of Ross Jeffries. Same techniques, different domains. Even your site name is Subtle Words That Sell. Am yeah. I right? Uh, yes. 
Okay. So basically, the real name is Ross Jeffries. And when you want to sell like seminars about selling and how to use subtle words, you don't yeah. want your name to be associated with. Well, it's practical. It's not, it's not anything other than a practical matter. I once gave a seminar for the Orlando Women's Council of Realtors under the name Ross Jeffries. And some woman Googled me and freaked out when she said, <laughs> now ask me how and and that sort of thing and bang babes get a blow job in five minutes or your money back and she kind of didn't take kindly to that so i figured if i'm gonna go into larger fields this is my wife here businesses I, and, and i think that you said you you told the story in one of your seminars that you had once a hit what hit on on a girl and you know started all this uh I don't know, all these seduction techniques and and she was really into it. And then a friend said, you are the guy who hypnotized, who hypnotized women. I saw you on TV. And you said, no, 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 it's not me. It's my brother. <laughs> I don't remember if that's the case, but when women say, oh, you're that Ross Jeffries guy, you're, you're that player. I say, of course, I love playing with people who enjoy having nude adventures with me. And as you sit there and think about how you'd like to take on a magnificent new direction. Now, these are not word plays that will translate into Hebrew. I'm glad to be the person who might lead you into that. Uh, what so I mean is there is like new direction. But if you say it fast enough, it's nude, which is nude, naked direction. So this is a word. Direction. Yes. That you mean. Okay, so we need to start, I think, with speed seduction. Now, Nils Strauss, in his famous The Game, this is Hebrew version, did some big service or disservice, depending on, on your point of view, to the community. Now, many people encapsulate these techniques to be mean, to be vicious techniques. And there are like comedy and parody about speed seduction, all the pickup artists, about nagging, about all those things. If I were to define speed seduction in a sentence, I would have said something like this, using hypnosis to manipulate women or the longer version, it's a set of hypnotic or suggestion techniques that meant to influence women in subconscious level to experience different feelings and then connect these feelings to you. How far am I? Uh, the second one, but you need to add the piece such as they take actions that would naturally flow from those states. See, my orientation, one of the things I learned when I was very early into neurolinguistic programming is it's about process and states of consciousness, not pieces of behavior you want to get to, to people. I really took this on from studying some Milton Erickson as Richard Bandler taught it to me. Milton Erickson was the father of modern hypnotherapy. He this was, is one of his books, Uncommon Therapy. Jay Haley. Yes, Jay great Haley. book. Great book. There are, there are other ones that are also very good. I can recommend to you. But in any case, my recognition early on is rather than trying to get behaviors from women, get a date, get a phone number, get a blowjob, whatever it is, what are the states of consciousness, the states of mind, the flows of feeling in their body where they would naturally want to give me those behaviors? That's very much an Ericksonian approach. I thought, wait a minute, that, this is very cool. All well and good that you can apply it for different things, but why not apply it to fix this problem? And I like the word manipulation. You mentioned the word manipulation. Let's talk about that. I don't think manipulation is necessarily a bad thing. If you have a bad outcome in mind for the other person, yes, it is. But manipulation, if you look at the word from the Latin, it comes from the word 
to move with deliberate to move skillfully to to use the hand to move something skillfully i can if manipulate cards yeah if you put out your thumb and your forefinger your thumb and your forefinger work in opposition to yet cooperation with to manipulate your world that's why we became one of the reasons why we became a dominant species because we have a thumb and forefinger that can work together we manipulate our world manipulation is taken on a bad rap because oftentimes people associate it with lying misrepresenting facts pushing down on people's pain points which i don't teach and a mystery method does negging is making women feel insecure by cutting them down to size so it's never been what i teach i want to make sure we distinguish my work from mystery and the other people that came out of his okay incredible. so so now you say so many diff- so so many important things now uh, i think the, the lion share of my audience don't know shit about any of those things they know maybe that there is a speed seduction and they can't really distinguish between you and what you do and what mystery does so i want to take it very slowly but i want to uh, I, i want to focus on one thing and you said manipulation is not really it's it not it it doesn't have to be a bad thing but i can take it to to the extreme and i say like date rape drug That, that is very, yeah. very common nowadays in Israel, okay? That you put something in the woman drink. Rape drug. No, no, no. So it is also, we also consider this as manipulation, okay? Because you manipulate the woman. That's and... not manipulation. Excuse me, Roy. That's poisoning. That's literally an act of poisoning someone. That's, man, that's not manipulation. Manipulation, uh, I, I think... That's not manipulation that's okay okay very good I think that this is a very important point to elaborate on look everything I do with women is consensual uh, they want to they want to do these behaviors because I am in I will say I am co-engineering with them it is a co-engineering a co-creation of the states of consciousness and the feelings they want to have at any point. They can say no stop and that's fine with me uh, I I don't look in a sense it's the guys who don't have choice and power with women who are more likely to do things out of desperation that are violated when men do have choice and do have power and do have plenty of choices they can say okay you're not interested that's not a problem bye I last two experiences I had with women they both got the had me back at their place they got very drunk and actually passed out I, I left immediately as soon as uh, because I don't want to be around that it's gross and second it's gr- it's not attractive to me to not have someone who consensually really wants to be there uh, you know when I also a magician mentalist and part of what he do is hip is he hypnosis now hypnosis is illegal like uh, entertainment hypnosis is illegal in Israel nevertheless when you occasionally do it it's a co-engineering it's a game the person is willing to participate but in some point where the induction goes really really deep it starts to lose I think the control of And I take place when I do entertainment hypnosis and you know it and when when we see like a very talented hypnotist in some points although 
the volunteer, the participant is willing to participate, okay? I'm not forcing him. In some point, I take the control because he willingly gives me the control of his body, of his mind. Would you agree that in entertainment hypnotism, this sometimes happens or most of the things? There's two things in there. So let's disambiguate them. One of my favorite words, disambiguate. First of all, you said willingly. Willingly. So if you look at classic hypnosis as being you are in my power, yes, come into my lair, I am black. There's no willingness. There's no volunteerism, so to speak, to coin a, coin a, a phrase. But more importantly, Roy, I'd come back at you and say, well, what is hypnosis? Bandler and Grinder used to say, there's no such thing as hypnosis and everything is hypnosis. When you fall in love with someone, that's largely an unconscious process. You don't consciously, you may consciously have the realization, I'm in love with this person, but it largely happens. The process is unconscious as it goes on. So we need to pause and define our terms. As Voltaire said, one of my favorite philosophers, don't debate with me. If we're going to debate, we must first define our terms. So let's define our terms. What is hypnosis? I prefer to step aside from that term and think of trance. What is a trance? A trance can be defined as a mood that exclude a mood that includes high focus and high suggestibility. I don't think of hypnosis in terms of you are in my power or count down to five and picture a beautiful lake or any of that shit. I view it as an altered state of consciousness that happens all the time anyway. And I'm going to make another point, then I'll shut up and I'll check <laughs> it. I will check it, as we say in Hebrew, and let you go on with your next question. When a guy goes out on a date, a traditional date, and he picks a place with a beautiful setting, the, the atmosphere is beautiful, maybe there's a beautiful view, there's candlelight. He's not doing it so he could watch the woman shovel the pasta down her throat. He's doing it to set a mood, hoping that mood will put her in the state of mind where she wants to go home with him. So in that sense, speed seduction is just shortcutting it. It says, why take the chance and spend the money and roll the dice? Let's shortcut it. Use the power of language to create these states and these moods and let the chips fall where they may. Okay. Now, uh... The border between hypnosis and suggestion is really unclear, is really vague. And I think that what you said right now is absolutely correct. By the way, it was Milton Erickson who invented the all awakening hypnosis therapy, where you speak to someone and during the speech, you put him in an altered state where he's not sleeping. He doesn't uh, feel he yes. going to sleep. There, there is a great book, My Voice Will Go With You, that yes, demonstrates... This is a great book. Okay, so- let me challenge you. Let me bat a challenge back to you. You're a deeply believing Jew, yeah, an Orthodox Jew. You don't think that a lot of religion is trance induction. You don't think when you say the prayers and do the rituals, it puts you in a trance-like state, a different mood than your ordinary waking state when you're walking around doing secular things. Of it should. It, it should. Yeah. But 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 many people will say that you know praying. If you if you see the word in Hebrew lehit palel, which is if you if you like open the word and and unfold the word, it's very it's very similar to the word concentration, going to my inner self, and this yeah. is one 
one of the objectives of praying, but may, many people will say that there is a difference and a big difference when I'm doing it to, to me or doing it to someone else. And it's, this still tra- it's still trance. When the cantor goes up on the bima, I know this stuff, and, <laughs> and says the prayers, the whole point is that people will go into it altered state than their normal ordinary waking state when you're doing oh, okay i agree i agree are eating a burger not a cheeseburger but a burger it puts you in an altered state religion depends on altered state doesn't mean it's not true doesn't okay. mean it's not true but it does depend on inducing altered states many people if you ever have you ever heard of terence mckenna of course you have yes terence terence, terence, i terence. spoke you know i spoke with rupert chedlick on the show You spoke to whom? Rupert Sherlock. He was a friend. Okay, I know who Rupert yes. is. They would probably give you the theory that Moses was chewing on some mushrooms when he saw the burning blood. I'm challenging you back because this makes for a stimulating conversation. Okay, now... Since you are Ross Jeffries and you can manipulate me with the world, I have my backup. I am so opening I, your mind. To yes. I, okay. So I bring my wife to this conversation, to this interview. So my wife, please. This is Remy, my wife. And she's really, really... Manishma. Manishma, Mokdeh. I see you're practicing snoot. Snoot. Very good. I like it. What's that? Snoot. Okay. Snoot. Okay. You have to work on your Hebrew accent, Ross. Hey, sorry, I'm, a, I'm an American. And I'm you a... know, I, I, it's one of these words that I wouldn't imagine in a thousand years you trying to pronounce. So. Hey, I'm an Epicurus. I know that much. I'm an Epicurus. <laughs> Listen, okay. I, I have to tell you something. First of all, very important to meet you. <laughs> um, I've heard you speak a lot. I've met Roy when we were both very, not very religious at all, obviously, and we've changed. But um, I have to tell you something. As someone who's experienced your techniques. <laughs> <laughs> This is why she's here. <laughs> yeah. And the children, too. But uh, from Roy and from some of his friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really quite the situations anyway I have to tell you when you you give your beautiful speech about candlelight and the beach and all that well I have to make a distinction because when a girl is in a beautiful restaurant and she sees the candles and she understands that the lights are dim and the music is mellow and everything is you know to keep the to keep the vibes going that's fine but she can comprehend the situation she knows what's going on but when you can try really? to can she really well well you know what you know what let I, i can tell that you can already know what i'm trying to say yeah. but but i have to make the audience understand too so she can she can um you know with her senses comprehend something Okay, and maybe her mother once told her, "Watch out for these fancy restaurants and candlelight. It all uh, it all uh, aims for a certain uh, point. But when you um, when you 
push her out of her comfort zone, when you tilt her, when you, you know, you, you try to, to play with her emotions and with her decision making in a subtle way. It's true. It's not like a rape drug. It's true. It's, it's very not, it's very much different, but however, it is an experience and I'm, I'm speaking as from the, the recipient side of the experience uh, multiple times <laughs> that, you know, the, the morning after, okay, she, she thinks back and she's like, you know what? I, I, I'm really not sure I'm that into that guy. It's just, I, I don't really know why I chose these things and it can happen for a multitude of re reasons. Okay, not just when you speed seduct or seduce or whatever. It can, it can be, you know, his aftershave. It can be a lot of yeah. things that she can't understand immediately or in the morning after. But it's different. These words, these phrases, these tactics, it's different. She's not accustomed to these things. She doesn't know what to watch out for. It's different and it's psychological. And you're very much, you're, you're, on a high ground, much higher ground than she is. You know, uh, you know the we? secret. Yes. No, 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 no. You're not agree. always. No, usually. I don't girl. agree. No, 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 no. I, I don't think that all men. No, no, no. I don't think that men have the higher ground at all. When no. it comes to dating, it's us. We're the selective ones. We have that's to. Right. We and have to be the selective. Why ones. I created one of the reasons why I created it. So is you're the male feminist. No. You think you here. you think you that's got Mr. the short God. end of the stick, that's and Mr. you try to you try to I, put the equilibrium complete, back into place. This is complete Michigan talk. <laughs> Listen, to I I don't think it's being feminist. I think it's just leveling the playing field for men. That's what I'm when saying. I used to say for women getting laid is a choice. For men getting laid is a chore. Unless you have high social status, you're really good looking, you have a lot of money. So I thought, no way. Why should I settle for someone who's not attractive, for someone I don't like as a person, just because I'm not gifted with daddy's bank account or good genetics or the rest of it? I thought, how can I use my genius and my intelligence and the gifts that I do have and these skill sets that I devoted myself to learning and mastering to even the playing field. But even with speed seduction, we're still just on an even playing field. You You'll never be, you, you don't have, you shouldn't be. We have but, to be the selective ones. This is humanity. I'm violating those laws. I'm saying, I'm saying I'm coming along and so turning things on the head that I'm actually violating those laws of nature. This is so powerful. I don't know how you say sorcerer or magician in Hebrew, but I take that on. I, I I am a sorcerer, and uh, I don't use potions, but I use the sorcery of language. Language structures consciousness, shapes decisions, drives behavior. Let's look at Torah. Let's look at Tanakh. Did God wish the world into existence? No. He spoke the world into existence. Did he not? He said, let there be light. He could have wished it. I'm an atheist, by the way. I'm just talking, talking your language. God could have wished the world into existence. He did. He spoke to he he said, let us form man from in our image from the dust of the ground. He spoke, 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 spoke. Words are magic. Words have power. I'm just saying, all right, let's use it. Even the playing field, give men a fighting chance, both uh, with their male competitors who are more naturally attractive 
and with the sexual choice that women have as being the selectors. No, I'm saying to men, I can put you in the driver's seat. You can be the selective one. That's the outrageous claim and the outrageous reality of speed seduction. And finally, look at what resulted in. You have a beautiful mishpacha because of my genius. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. But okay, so <laughs> I'm so happy we had this little talk. Oh, this is too. exactly what I was afraid of. See, nature, I'm speaking your language because you don't believe in God. So I'm saying nature. Not in the way you would not in the way you would conceptualize it. You I I, I believe me, the God that you don't believe in, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> so the 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 Christian God is pathetic and childish. No one can believe that. We have a good God, it's the Hebrew one. We'll have another discussion about it. You should that. check it out. Anyway, so uh, when God created, when nature, the evolution, whatever, made us the selective gender, it was for a good reason, okay? And when you try to flip the, to, to flip the dice, to, to roll the dice in a different way, you, you sabotage human race. Because human there's what? a reason, human race, you sabotage human race. Thank you. Well, <laughs> this is a as big, I say, this is a big accusation. No, accusation. But I'm, I'm willing to defend it because there is a reason why the good looking guys, the tall guys, the rich guys, you say daddy's money because I can sense the envy there. Maybe it's their money, not just daddy's money. Could maybe be. could be could if be. it's their money maybe they should get all the good girls all the hot girls i don't know that hotness i don't know that money necessarily so you're saying money entitles men to women's bodies i don't i don't i don't i just say that aptitude aptitude to um to win the game of life i agree good and, genes good genes Here's what you're missing. Manifest, what you're wait, missing. wait. Good genes manifest themselves through good brains, good looks. And girls are the selective gender. And they make sure that the next generation only proceeds with the better genes. And all the, the mediocre... So many unattractive people in the world. I know. If we only select good-looking men who are successful. We won't. We won't. Only, only, only the attractive, beautiful girls. I don't know. It's not, the, it's not just the beautiful girls. It's, you know, the good quality. If what you were saying was true, what you're saying is observationally incorrect. Because if it were true, the ugly people would be bred out of existence. And the lazy people would be bred out of existence. No, but the see, because... Now, see, because you have it upside down because you're not God and you cannot understand God's ways. And I don't believe well, in God. And I don't think there is okay, such so, a thing as God's okay, way. So any more than there, hold evolution on. and nature. I don't think there's any such thing as God's way any more than there are pippy long stockings or Narnia. I think it's a myth. Okay. Have it your way. It's okay. Um, what? He wrote something down. Roy, you're losing this interview. Your wife yeah, is... Yeah. No, no, no. no but okay. just, I, I just have to say Get one thing. Get to the point. We need all sorts of people here, okay? We don't... The world cannot exist with very successful, driven people because they'll eat each other and nothing will be left. 
there's a grand scheme to all this. And it's a nice equilibrium. And when you try to mess it because you think you're smarter than God, than nature. That's I don't think I'm smarter than nature. I think that, look, here's where you're not getting about my work, where your understanding of my work is incomplete. The guys who are the most successful with it have to develop emotional intelligence along with my work. Okay. What you're missing is half of my work is healing. This is what Neil Strauss missed in I the know. book. I know, I yeah. know. Half of my work is as a healer and to get guys to develop emotional intelligence. If you just parrot what I'm doing, you won't have the success of someone who develops EQ. And EQ, emotional intelligence, is naturally attractive because it's a survival trait. So along with, you're smirking as if I'm telling Bubba Mice, but I'm not. Along no, with- No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. No, my smirk yeah. is agreeing with you. By the way, people who don't speak Hebrew or Yiddish are gonna be totally lost. You're gonna to have to put liner notes that. <laughs> describe what all these terms mean um, so what i'm saying is to get really good at what i'm doing you have to undergo some transformational healing which is half of my work and as a result of that you develop genuine emotional intelligence Amen. you can't be successful at what i'm doing on a high level unless you become emotionally intelligent and you heal from trauma and a huge part of neil's book he left out everything i do as a healer and everything I do is someone who can heal trauma and do change work. He left oh. it out, and that's a disservice. Okay, okay. so thank you, thank you for Hashem <laughs> and good fish above, or whatever you call it to you. <laughs> uh, okay. Samaya, and, and, and and again, I think that you both agreed on the fact that your techniques are extremely powerful. Uh, uh, they are so powerful. But what you said right now is very important. One cannot just recite your roller coaster uh, pattern or discovery channel pattern, which, by the way, is a great pattern, and. It will work like, yes, I know. I'm quite familiar with your work. I told you, I'm a big fan. So one cannot just recite it if it if it, it, it doesn't have this correct attitude. And you said in one of your latest seminars, you said people say to you, listen, but in uh, 20 years ago, in this seminar, in page this, on this seminar, you, you said about this pattern like this and said, just as I, I don't remember, how many times did you actually try this pattern? And he said, none, zero. And then you said, okay, I want to give you the state of mind that will take certainty out of your life and you will do things without being certain. Many people, especially men who are intimidated from of of women and again orthodox men because in orthodox education system we separate men from women boys from girls so when many times sometimes it's very hard for a man for an adolescent for a young man to approach women no beautiful women just normal women okay so what you said is extremely powerful and i want to focus with you on one thing from the first page in your notebooks that love doesn't exist. Love, lust doesn't exist. And you say it, it doesn't exist like the glass exists. It's a different kind of existence. Could you please elaborate on this subject? Because I think this is the core of many, many things that you do. I didn't say that people don't have the experience of love. 
I don't, I didn't say people don't have the experience of lust. What I'm saying is it's not a thing like this yes. pen or this smartphone. It is a process that people undergo. They undergo it neurochemically. They undergo it biologically. They undergo it through uh, unconsciously through matching that person with the things that they value. It is not a thing. It is a process. And if you really want to get Zen about this, and I want to suggest you interview this guy, my teacher, Shinzen Young. Shinzen is the single most brilliant human being I've ever met and the best teacher I've ever met, more than Richard Bandler. Bandler's a world-class genius. Through the experience of meditation, I've really got not just words, the firsthand direct experience of all of the world being a process, and a, a process that arises and disappears and arises and disappears from moment to moment. So my understanding started with NLP and then it deepened through my meditation practice with Shinzen. It was the natural progression. So what I mean is, and this is again, a core aspect of NLP and why I think Richard Bandler took to me as, uh, and really liked me as a person and a student. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, looks for process. We wanna steer away from what is known as nominalizations. Nominalization occurs when we take a verb, an action, an activity, and we turn it into a thing. Does Could you give sense? me an example? Yes intelligence that person has lots of intelligence so we make it a thing instead of saying that person thinks in ways that i identify as being intelligent you, you know understand? i i had a i had a talk with richard nisbet he said he spoke about he he had this great book the person and the situation so we we manifest we associate different traits with personality and not with situations so we can say this is a very angry man, but we don't say he behaves in a way that is anger. So yes, right. I, I think that I... Uh, and I, I also say thing. there's no such thing as attraction. Attraction is not a thing. Attraction is not a thing. It is an activity, a process that arises and vanishes, expands and contracts in a woman's neurology, in her cognition, in what she's visualizing, same for men. So... As soon as we can make contact, if we can't make contact with the process, we have no ability to change it. Let me unpack that. I'll give you a specific. Oftentimes, my students will come to me and say, I have approach anxiety. I say, really, where is that? Uh, is it in your ass? Is it in your heart? Uh, is that like your kidneys? And they say, no, no, I just feel scared. I said, okay, that's, that's really brilliant. I don't know how to do that. I'm playing you in a movie. I'm a method actor. I need to get to your skin and do it your way. How do I make myself undergo the experience of, of scaring myself? And then I find out the specific structure and then I spoil it by putting something in there that shouldn't belong. But the bottom line is both through NLP and on a much deeper level, on the broadest context level to how I walk through the world. My meditation practice has really shown me the value of experience things, not just conceptualizing, but experiencing the world as an ever vanishing and ever arising process. You really need to interview Shinzen. He's the most, he's the Einstein of meditation. I know you have a, a drawing of Einstein back there. It is like speaking to Albert Einstein. He's By the way, there. it's not Einstein. If you can Einstein. see, no, Einstein. it is the Jewish. Herschel. 
It's Theodore Herzl. No, no, no. The Jewish Yiddish author Shalom Aleichem. Oh, really? It looks like, oh, okay. From the blurry view, it looks yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, okay. So again, if a guy comes back from a date and I ask him, okay, how was the date? And say, there wasn't a chemistry there. So Ross will tell him, no, it's not that, that chemistry is either here or not here, either exist or don't exist. You need, it's a thing. It's, a, it's not a thing. It's a process and you need to build this process. Therefore, engineering, even engineering, I, uh, if I can. You said co-engineer in the beginning of our talk. Yes. So what what I need to do, and I don't have your specific words, but I cited them so many times. Instead of focusing on many different things, should I pay the bill? Should I, should I order? Should I give her flowers? Should all the things that we usually, you know, focus on when dating with girls? You said no. Your focus should only be. How do I get her to the correct mental states that creates last chemistry attraction? And then how do I connect those feelings to me? And what you said in the beginning when I defined speed seduction, and this is again with call to an action. Am I yes. correct? That's absolutely correct. Okay. And, 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 and this is fascinating because this is completely different this is completely different from everything that we are taught about women because you go in a different road, and in a different, in, in the road less traveled. Yes. I got this influence from my Ima, from my mother, who was a great teacher to me. I'm not being funny here. Uh, every Jewish boy loves his mommy. But I, my Ima, uh, Sylvia, a blessed memory, when I was a little kid, told me, uh, Paul, which is my, actually, Pesach is my Hebrew name. She called me Paul. Oh, now I know. Pesach Jeffries. But I think was Jeffries. Pesach, you're fat. I'm having fun, Lanzman. I'm having fun. That's a Yiddish term. Do you speak any Yiddish? Abyssale. 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 Anyway, my mom said, Paul, the vast majority of the world is stupid. If the world is doing one thing, do the opposite. And then she also told me something else. She said, I didn't have my children for me. I had my children for the world. You're put here for a reason. And she told me, you're the Johnny, you're going to be the Johnny, you're going to be an iconoclast when you grow up. She shook her finger at me when I was six years old. I'll never forget. If you don't change your ways, you're going to be an iconoclast. I said, what's that? She said, someone who goes around knocking over other people's sacred ideas and idols and really getting them angry. I thought, Yes, mommy, I want to grow up to be that. How do I grow up to be that? And in my household, I have uh, five siblings. One has passed on. We were encouraged to think anything. We were never told, shut up, you're stupid. If I said it to, to get attention at the dinner table, because I was second to the youngest, I would say outrageous things. I would say, mom, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And rather than punishing me, she'd say, well, what do Christians believe? I'd say, I don't know. She'd say, okay, I want a book report tomorrow at this time using encyclopedias because we were didn't have a lot of money, but we always had money for books. It's a Jewish thing, as you know. Books are sacred. Learning is sacred. And if I did it right, I would get a silver dollar. If I didn't get it right, the TV or some punishment would be thrown my way. So my mother 
uh, encourage me to take any idea to its furthest end logically, to be a contrarian in my thinking, and to enjoy pissing people off with that, with that skill. And both my parents were very, very bright, and they encouraged learning and scholar. My father was a very learned man, had degrees in multiple disciplines. And I give credit, uh, with a different set of parents, I could not come up with this. Couldn't have done it. Uh, God bless their memory. I cannot say anything uh, more. Blessed memory. Yes, they, they were wonderful people. My father was a war hero. He fought the Nazis. He was a combat medic, couldn't carry a gun, was wounded in battle, the Hurtgen Forest. I have his medals uh, um, in the other room. And uh, so my father- By the way, a... who is this guy in the picture, on the picture? It's Tom Cruise. Ah, ah, Tom Cruise from Magnolia. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that I want to encapsulate the ghetto to the correct state and connect you there to an orthodox youth, to an orthodox young man, but I don't want to expose him to the roller coaster pattern. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It just doesn't I'm sorry, fit. I didn't understand your question. Say it okay. again here. So let's say that I want to encapsulate. I want to take your book, Ken, and I want to take your book and, and get just the kosher version of your book, okay? I don't want to do, to, to do the roller coaster, the discovery channel pattern about roller coasters and everything. Mm -hmm. how, how can I take, how can I teach ultra-Orthodox men when dating women what does it mean to be in the mood or, or to be in the focus of how to change the state, the mental state of the girl? What can I do? Ask this. It's funny you should ask this because I did a seminar in New York maybe a decade ago, 15 years ago, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I had two Orthodox, former religious guys. They were both, both from very, very bizarre sects of Orthodox Judaism. They both followed rabbis, but tiny people, tiny group of followers, and each rabbi thought the other one was a nut. And they were very, very restricted. They couldn't go into a restaurant or look at a menu. It was just craziness, absolute tohu uh, vavohu. Is that right? Yeah, 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 very good. Yeah, it means chaos for all you uh, non-Hebrew, you really need to put a glossary, a list of uh, words, for, or they won't understand. Chaos, chaos, chaos. You really okay. need to. Uh, so I had to deal with them and teach them how to get past, first and foremost, get past their need for absolute certainty. And again, I don't mean to be insulting, but orthodoxy, in my view, one of the needs it fulfills is certainty, to have a certain way of doing things, to be certain that things happen in a certain way definitely definitely you are absolutely correct you are absolutely correct so we have i sometimes distinguish between orthodox and ultra orthodox but you are absolutely correct certainty is the major point in the life of, of an orthodox and even an way more in an ultra orthodox jew absolutely correct and this would be crushing for my psyche i need uncertainty i thrive on cast uncertainty so the first thing i needed to do is show them some ways to get comfortable with uncertainty. Get comfortable with it, first to accept it, then to get comfortable with it, and then to actually enjoy it. 
that was a transformational process that required doing a lot of work with them during that weekend and then follow-up work with them. Because until you can enter that kind of psychological state, you can't do shit with what I teach. So that's the first thing. Before we go back to what they would say, we have to first decondition that need for certainty. And that's going to conflict with the entire, one of the big benefits of being, it's going to bleed over and say, wait a minute, if I can be uncertain about this and that lead, maybe I can start to be skeptical and start questioning my orthodoxy. Now they were ready because they had had it. One of the guys said, you know what? I was so browbeaten by the rabbi. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on a train because it was in New York and I'm going to look at a, a woman who's not, who's revealing herself and see what happens. And he thought nothing bad happened. And they said, I'm going to try some, sounds like a dirty joke, but it's true. He said, I'm going to eat a bite of bacon and nothing happened to him. He thought, okay, maybe this is a house of cards. Let's see. But he was still terrified at the same time. So I had to work with them on their love of certainty. And this, I don't think it's possible if you can't remain ultra Orthodox and wow, give up this that is so profound. Certain. This is so profound. Wow. And I think this is a role of any kind of, see, as a person who loves creativity and chaos and uncertainty, this is why I am repulsed by any kind of orthodoxy, whether it's orthodox atheism, which says it's absolutely not possible there could be a God. We know it's not possible. Richard Dawkins' any, uh, school of thought. First. Any, well, Dawkins... I, I'm a non-material, I'm not a materialist. I have, from direct experience, seen that there are other things going on. You study Buddhism, you cannot, be, you cannot be materialist. Correct, correct, correct. But in any case, restrained from the point. I don't think I can help those people because giving up certainty would challenge... Oh, okay, 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 you're absolutely correct. But can you at least give me one technique to embrace uncertainty, which is unrelated to girls? Okay, which is, yeah. okay, yeah. just give me one Absolutely. thing. How do I embrace and then feel comfortable Absolutely. and then enjoy? Absolutely. Not related to girls, yeah. okay. Yes, it's a meditation practice. Again, talk to me about my teacher, Shinzen Young, who's a Jewish guy, by the way. There's a lot of, we call them Jew Buddhists in the United States, <laughs> Jew Buddhists. They're born Jewish, but they become Buddhist. And Shinzen teaches a style of meditation called Vipassana. And with Vipassana, We bring mindfulness, which is sensory clarity and focus and equanimity, meaning we don't interfere with the flow of, of process. We let it be there and we allow the emotions to arise and we just track them. We follow where they are. We notice how they expand, how they contract, how they arise, how they appear, how they disappear. So I teach an exercise. I actually will teach guys to go up to women and deliberately say something that makes them feel ashamed. And track the shame rather than buy into the story around it or rather than tightening around it, just be present with it and notice how it changes. I have them say same or changing, same or changing. I'm cooking with Shinzen's ingredients here. I learned this all from Shinzen until eventually they notice after a while when they bring acceptance to it, it just breaks up into a flow of, of energy and it goes away. I'm teaching them through the direct experience. That if they're they don't interfere with it and they don't feed it 
there's a beautiful third choice. You don't interfere with it and you don't feed it with stories or tightening around it. It's a beautiful third choice that will enable you to be present with it and it no longer blocks you. And here's the important point. This is Shinzen's words, not mine. It no longer distorts your perception and drives your behavior. And this is his work. You need to interview him. I got this from him. And this is part of my point that I'm a healer and a change worker as much as I am a seductionist. You cannot on some level do my work successfully without being transformed as a human. And I think a more flexible way. So again, there are so many things to take, you know, if I want you to squeeze the kosher things or the kosher parts from your work, because again, when I look at this book, okay, and it's a how to get women into bed, okay, it still away deviates many people from reading this book because no, it's not for me. Good. But again, in good. this book, we have many good techniques, many ground, profound philosophy. Which is, which is very important. I want to drive people away. You, you, you need to understand something. I've had many great mentors and teachers, Richard Bandler, Shinzen Young, but one of my great mentors, without whom there'd be no speed seduction business. Without Bandler and Erickson, there wouldn't have been, but there's a third name that never comes up. I'm going to reveal that name. His name is Gary Halbert, H-A-L-B-E-R-T. Gary Halbert was a brilliant copywriter. He wrote ads. One of the best, arguably, who ever lived, if not the best. I learned from Gary how to be polarizing, how to offend. His whole thing is if you want to sell to everyone, you'll sell to no one. So learn to be polarizing and outrageous. And he taught me two things, right? Yeah. One thing, he taught me a lot. But one of the big lessons he taught me, you're Googling him, I can see. One yes, of the big no one has time to understand your pathetic subtlety. Pathetic That's right. Why, you okay. just saw me say that or you saw him say that? No, it's in your introduction to Speed Seduction. Gary Halbert, who taught me the art of copywriting, no one has time to understand your pathetic subtlety. That's right. He told That's me. Right. He was right. Okay? I can't That's prepare, right. Ross. Yeah. And also, he said, people will not stand to be bored in print. You have to get their attention immediately. And the best way I knew to do it was to be polarizing. And this Gary is did, did, by the way. Gary did uh, a thing where he put an ad, a full-page ad in the Los Angeles Times that was designed to offend women who are feminists who wouldn't agree with his view of life. And he said, he said something like, a successful entrepreneur seeks generous, uh, beautiful woman with generous breasts <laughs> and uh, something attitude to have fun and get down and blah 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 and he knew he would offend tremendous amounts of people but he said i wasn't these are his words not mine i didn't care about offending the the dogs i was interested in attracting the foxes i'm not saying women are dogs this is him and i don't think he meant it that way but the whole point of saying things like you don't get laid i don't get paid is to grab attention immediately And again, I, 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 I want to go back to one of your, uh, what you said just before, don't interfere and don't feed, okay? Yeah. Just be in the process, be in the right and now. You know, in, in, I think in Buddhism, they distinguish between I'm in pain and I have a feeling of pain, okay? And when you are in pain, your entire being is in pain. 
But if you can just go out from, from this pain and say, okay, I just feel in pain because in Hebrew, it's much more clear. Yesh li keev, hayev pain, and koevli. My total being is in pain. Not so, quite in Buddhism. Buddhism makes, I got this from Shenzhen. It blew my mind when I first read his first book, which is um, Breakthrough, Breakthrough Pain. <clears throat> Buddhism makes a distinction between suffering and pain. Pain is the actual experience going on. Suffering is the attachment and the aversion we have around it. The gripping around it, the aversion. Dukkha, Dukkha. Dukkha. Dukkha is the word. D-U-K-H-A, Dukkha. Yes. So there's a distinction between pain and suffering. It's amazing that a get late artist is talking to you about deep Buddhist concepts. But Because I told you, you are a philosopher and what and your work sits on the ground of a very solid and profound philosophy. And by the way, this is why it works. This is why it works because it aims to the heart of human being. And you know, what you said was extremely right. Words are immensely powerful and God created the world with words. Word. This is very, and if very you're a Christian, cool. If you're a Christian, which I certainly am not, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Uh, you know, I think it's nonsense, but again, the power of words is, is, is every word. And Look definitely. at the word grammar. In English, the word grammar comes from the old English word uh, grimmery. A grimmery was a book of spells, a book that would allow you to call forth. Uh, look at this. Here's one you never thought of. When Moses first encounters God and God says, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him, let my people go, blah, blah, blah. Moses does something very clever. He says, who should I say sent me? Which is a clever way to try to get God to tell him his name. He doesn't say, well, what's your name? He says, uh, may I ask who's calling, please? Who should I say said me? It's, it's like magic, quoting. It's like quoting. <laughs> exactly. But in magic, the, the, the mystical traditions, Kabbalah, whatever, if you know the name of a demon, not saying God is a demon, you can command it. You take control of it. Yes. So I think that was Moses' clever way of trying to go, okay, I can pull a fast one. Let's see if I know the name of this uh, God so I can therefore use it and entrap him. But God was having none of it. He simply said, my name, my name is, I will be who I will be, you schmuck. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> See, I got that right. It's not I am that I am. It's I will be who I will be. Now get the fuck out of here and deliver the message. By the way, I teach Guide for the Perplexed by, uh, by, by Maimonides. And, and in my last in my last lesson, which is on YouTube, by the way, we spoke about, we talked about this verse, this very verse. So we elaborated on this verse and what Maimonides thought about this verse. Now, up until now, you mentioned the name Shinzen, Shinzen, yes? Shinzen Yang. Shinzen Yang so many times, but it's very surprising to me. I thought that the name Richard Bandler will be, uh, will be mentioned much more. So with Don't your get me wrong, Bandler, without Bandler's work, I wouldn't be here. Yes, I, you met, okay, so my my question is, you met Bandler, and Bandler told you, okay, you take those techniques and make, uh, and, 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 and do whatever you want to do with them. And before the interview started, I told you that in my opinion, what you, what you did to the theory of NLP 
which basically like the summary of the work of Erickson and Virginia Satir and Franz Phyllis, let's take, let's take what works. And you took the pencil that's called NLP and you sharpened the pencil over and over again, uh, uh, very intelligently, very viciously, and you uh, practice and sharpen and perfect these techniques to be so powerful, almost no one can resist because you understood what lies beneath, underneath. And I think that you understand what lies beneath more than any other speed sed sed seducer, pickup artist. So could you please elaborate on your first encounter or your encounter with Richard Bandler? Yes. There's an interesting story about uh, I'll tell you this story, and very few people know this story. It's a little elaborate, so follow along with me. My first encounter with Richard, well, and it's it's an interesting story. I had a friend, friend, Glenn, and Glenn said, I've been into this NLP stuff. And I said, NLP, that's that Tony Robbins shit. Don't bother me with it. He said, <laughs> no, no, you can meet Richard Bandler. He's doing a stage hypnosis show as part of his training for fun that night in the evening. He's just for the shits and giggles going to do a stage hypnosis show you should come and watch well Richard was doing the show with another hypnotist doesn't matter his name and I volunteered to be on stage and the other hypnotist said every time Richard Bandler mentions the name Manuel Noriega who's the dictator of Nicaragua at the time you see I'm really dating the story you're going to jump up and call him an asshole which I did and Richard laughed and took a liking to it now here's the part I forgot and didn't consciously remember till decades later. Here's the story, and it's a true story. Many years later, Rolling Stone did a feature article on me. I can grab it, give me a second. This is one of my most interesting talks ever, ever, ever. Rolling Stone magazine did a feature story on me, the Sultan of Schwing, and the, the author of the story, the writer of the story, Eric said to me, I would like to interview Richard Bandler. I said, Richard doesn't talk to reporters. He said, I write for Rolling Stone. He'll talk to me. So I gave him his office number. He called Richard, then he called me back. And he said, you know, this Bandler guy, all he did was ramble and tell me stories. And I fell asleep and don't remember really much of what he said. <laughs> Richard hypnotized him, of course. He said, who else can I talk to? I said, talk to his training partner, John Laval, because John had been on stage with me multiple times. Uh, we did trainings together, not NLP, but other stuff. So he called John Lavelle, and then he called me back. He said, John told me an interesting story. And the reporter asked me, well, did you go to a stage hypnosis show with Richard around 1987 in San Diego? I said, yes. He said, did a hypnotist by the name of Don Wolf hypnotize you to call Richard an asshole? I said, yes, he did. He said, do you remember after the show, Richard took you backstage, sat you on a stool and hypnotized you? I said, no. Oh, wow. John Laval told me, John Laval is Richard's current part, has been his partner, John and Kathleen, lovely people I've had on my podcast. John told me that Richard hypnotized you, put you deep in a trance and said, you're going to do great things with NLP. You'll be able to take it a completely, no pun intended, new direction and do revolutionary things with it. And then he gave me amnesia for it. And I had 20 years of amnesia. Uh, no, 1989, 19, 10 wow. years ago. And once he told me the story, the whole memory came back. 
I called John Laval. I said, well, I don't believe I He said, Ross, the boss has had his eye on you for over a decade. He approves of what you're doing. Watch how your career takes off now. And it really took off. Really took off. And your career took off from the moment of the trance, of the Richard Bundle trance? Well, that's when I started creating speed seduction. But uh, Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is a great no, story. It's true. It's a true story. So one of the reasons I'm so good at what I do is a hypnotist is I'm a great subject. I, I, I'm very, very profound trans subject. I love doing it. I love experiencing it. Okay. So, uh, wow, this is a great story. What do we need to do or what are the main points of NLP that you got into the world of speed seduction? Now, one, one point is, of course, the map is not the territory, which is a very important but I think that there is much more profound point and this is that words can shape your neural because NLP stands for neurolinguistic programming okay. so you right. can program the neural by language this is basically Even more than that I, okay. I can't so please, prove this. please elaborate on what you yeah. took from from the science of NLP you know I have many NLP books okay NLP is the new technology of uh, achievement, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, the map is not the territory and anchoring, blah, blah, blah. But when I read Speed Seduction, when, when I read your book, basically it's the same content, but wrapped in a very different, straightforward, in-your-face technique. And I got that from so another. Important. Well, I got that influence from another guy uh, by the name of John LaTourette, who I don't know what happened to him. He called it Speed Hitting. I got the name Speed Seduction from Speed Hitting. John LaTourette would teach you to hit someone in 20, 20 times in like 30, in 10 seconds. And John was street fighting, no bullshit. Let's get this done. Strip away the theory. Just do what works in a street fight kind of thing. So be it as it may, the number one, the major understandings I got about NLP is process, process, process. Look for process, not things. Avoid nominalization and look for process. Second, language affects states of consciousness. You can structure states of consciousness with language. Third thing is look at states of consciousness first. Before you look at behaviors, what states of consciousness do you want people in to get those behaviors? Uh, the next thing I learned is talent can be extracted and One of the things Richard said that really struck me is he's lazy. He wants to, when he copies someone's talent, one of his things he did is to try to leave out as much as possible and still get the result. Again, Richard he, is very lazy or, or he told you? He, he said about himself, I don't want to misquote him. Maybe the word is efficient. When Richard and John would model someone like Milton Erickson, they would progressively remove parts of what, they saw him do to see if they could still get the same result because they didn't want to be redundant and do too much work. So I thought that's really clever. How can I do that with NLP itself? How can I turn that view of let's take away everything as much as I can and still get the result. So I did that with NLP. Look, Roy, I would probably flunk. If you gave me an NLP test and a definition test and said, what does this mean? What does this mean? I would get a C minus. But I could out NLP 99% of the people who are in the trainings and probably about 75% of the people 
who do the trainings. Because, because again, by the way, just like in speed seduction, I had two great friends, two very good friends. One started using your techniques and he got really, really good. And one didn't know anything about your techniques. It just was like a natural born. And they, you know, go into pubs and uh, 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 doing bets on who gets the women first. And they were pretty good. But one just uh, couldn't do anything without your techniques. And one didn't know anything about your techniques. And they were roughly the same uh, the same stage because some people are born of natural bones. And many people- in Or they have good body. models. Or Roy, yeah. they have good models. They have a big brother or a best friend or a father or an uncle who's just naturally good at doing this shit. Because I think that many people who take your seminars don't get your results, even not close to your results. And again, in one of your latest seminars, you told me, you said that there are people who watch all your videos, all your seminars, and you have video from 1998 with the Palo Alto in San Diego, like in, in a old VHS format, okay? That you are in the business for a long time. And, and you know, and I know that we, that there are many people who have watched all of your material, and didn't get a fraction of your results. No, no. And this is because I've said there are major errors these guys make. Their operation, I like to deal, because so many of them are into software engineering. I use, I speak their language. I say, look, you guys want better application programs. An application would be, uh, how do I get the girl to give me a blow job? How do I get a date? But you need to fix your operating system. Here's your operating system errors. Number one, your proportion of action to thinking is way off. For every one element, one point of action, you have 10,000 points of just thinking it through and running in your head. The second operating system is you think if you just memorize something, it'll give you skills in the real world. And the third operating system is in order to learn from your mistakes, you dwell on them and you program them right back in. You have a shitty learning strategy. It's not a confidence issue or an attractiveness issue. It's a learning strategy issue because your way of learning from a mistake is to dwell on it, which just programs it back in. And when I say that, I get a profound response. Say, oh, my fucking God, you're right. I said, so let's, I'll say, let's fix your operating system before we give you applications like the blowjob pattern, discovery channel, how to walk up and start a conversation. This is what's missing in the work of all the community. And Separate one and, and one can get to these uh, conclusions, to these results without being one-on-one -on -one private with Ross Jeffries just by reading your book. Can someone actually is uh, operating system in your opinion? You, you would probably need to get work with me, and I'm I, I do have a group coaching program. But if you really want to transform, and I'm not cheap, but if you want to find out, we'll put the information in here. I'm re I'm the most expensive trainer you'll ever have, but I'm the only one who can get you the results. So it's not paying me; it's buying your life. Okay, but again, if so, what's the? I've been able to do it in live seminars. What's I can do the meaning it in live of, of your book? Because again, many people who got into the pickup artist community, and again, there are there is a lot in the pickup artist community, but many people said. Okay, it seems it's so right, okay, but I can't make myself to do the first move. I need someone with me. I, 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 I read. 
That I don't do. If you want me to go out to the field with you, actually stand there, you're going to have to pay me much more $10,000 cash, just USD, just to, for an evening. It's a pain in the ass to do. I have a story. I have a, it's a pain in the ass to do. I can tell you stories. Oh, okay, but, but you know, let, let's go to the moral ramification. Now, in your book, it's not my book. In your book, you call relationship. I've written more than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, okay, where is the real, real hatenship? You call relationship. Real, real, real hatenships. That's designed to get attention and to get people's ears to perk up so they listen to me and don't ignore me. Yes. Real hatenship. Here's what I mean by a real hate shunship. Just me, you know, let, let me just, you know, uh, uh, take it from the book, okay? Okay. So with your permission, I will yes. start. Okay, disclaimer. Speed seduction may contain viewpoints that may be considered controversial by certain audiences. It's, it is intended as a powerful guide for self-respecting intelligent men who are looking to avoid from the real hate shunships by default. and instead claim the happiness that they deserve. This is your word, okay? Yes. You're missing a word. It what? says real hatenship by default. Yes. You left out those two words. So what is real, real hatenship by default? What is that by default? It means, it means that the guy has no methodology for attracting women, no methodology for, for consistently, predictably, reliably, having a flow of women who he can choose from. And instead, he settles for accidental attractions. He accidentally finds a woman who just happens to be attracted to him. He doesn't really, he's not really that into her. She bugs the shit out of him in many ways, but he stays because he's afraid that he'll be alone and never find anyone else or never find anyone who really satisfies him. That's what I mean by real hate shunship. It's a trope I created To get attention and really yes. this is another this is great but this is really really this is really powerful because again in when I'm when you read this, the secret of speed seduction and I've read it I think more than once this is a great book but you are not in the state of mind of relationship you are in a different altered state of mind of okay how do I do it How do I do? How do I alter the state of the girl I'm dating with? And my question is, when, I, when you have your girl using those powerful techniques, do you think that you can go or just in long-term relationship? Because many people do want long-term relationship. How do you convert from this, uh, I'm not into the real hatenship paradigm or state of mind, to yes, I want a long-committed relationship. monogamous if you want yes. relationship how do you make how do you make the shift it's a fair question let me preface my answer by saying something if you cannot create that attraction predictably you're not going to get a one-night stand you're not going to get a few months you're not going to get a long-term relationship you're just going to be in the friend zone so so what i teach is necessary to even get to a relationship But the question then is to develop a relationship, whatever that means. There's no such thing as a relationship. There is only the process of relating in a way where each person grows progressively more fulfilled and helps the other person become a better person, however you want to define it. That is a matter of, of 
matching each other's values to see, do you have values that you share in common? Do you have a vision that you share in common? Are you sufficiently psychologically stable and healed of your trauma to have something that's healthy? Now, I can't teach anyone how to create a vision that's in common, or I can teach you how to elicit values and to find out from values what are the other person's rules so I can help you better define who you're looking for. But I can't, um, you can't get juice from a stone and sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze. So my answer is, I can give people the self-awareness to look to, to ask themselves the question, what are my values? What's my vision? I can teach them that, but I can't guarantee that the person they attract is gonna share that vision of those values. I can only say, if you're gonna go long-term, my experience in life has said, find someone who matches this. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to be evasive with the answer. No, no, no. I think, but, but okay. But you said, your point is, uh, let, me, let me recite you. You said, listen, my techniques will get you one night stand. And if you don't have, if you don't have this by default method, you That's won't get it. Said. Just That's a second. Not... Okay. But if you want a long-term relationship with okay. my techniques, I'm not... I cannot promise you that the girls that you are into in a pub will be correlated with your values and your uh, right. uh, so right. you need to you need to pray you need to seek a lot for they pray. Yeah, no, no. I didn't you need, pray. no because you know getting the right girl to settle on with to have a happy marriage to have children this is a profound question and many times in the pickup artist community, in the speed seduction community, we don't hear those kinds don't, of discussions. Don't conflate those. Please don't conflate the pickup community with what I do. It's a terrible conflation. It's not true. It's not accurate. It's not fair. It's not correct. It's a horrible distortion. What they teach has nothing to do with what I teach. It doesn't have the philosophical groundwork. It's about behavioral-based shit. It has nothing to do with what I do. It's doing a disservice. Okay, to you. okay. So let me so so let me say it differently. the 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 word marriage doesn't appear in your book, Speed Seduction. Okay, but, met, but look at your own circumstances. You use speed seduction to get married and have a family. It's not just because it's not mentioned doesn't mean that's not the result. And this is exactly my question. And go back to my question. If this is my and if this is my objective, get married, having children, having happily ever after marriage, do you think that sometimes what I took from the speed seduction, from your techniques, not the pickup artist community, okay, just from your techniques, will interfere with my willing to be no. a loyal husband? No. Okay. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll tell okay. you why. You don't really know what fulfills you until you have many experiences. It's to experience what we learn, what really fulfills us. That doesn't mean you have to sleep with a lot of women, but you have to have sufficient encounters to say, hey, wait a minute, what I thought makes me happy doesn't. That's done through trial and experimentation. And our values change as we have more experiences. Values, create, values help to shape our experiences and experiences also help to shape our values. The equation runs both ways. God, I'm smart. <laughs> okay, no, because it's very important. Now, one, I have two last questions uh, with your with your permission. 
Uh, there something in the Torah or in the wisdom of, of in ancient Jewish wisdom that resonates a lot with what you said. In Genesis, there is a great verse that goes like this. To the woman he said, God said to the, to <laughs> the woman, after, after the sin, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe with painful labor. Desire will be torture man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And my question is just about the world. He will, he will rule over you because according to ancient Jewish wisdom, the man, there is no symmetry in the relationships between the man and the woman. There is always a tension and the man seeks, seeks to rule, be over it. Just like Nietzsche said, to rule over the woman and the woman seeks to be under the man. And this is like from the, from the initial sin. Do you think- Forgive me, this... my friend. Yes. Forgive me, my friend. I'm sorry, this is going to offend you. I don't think there is any original sin. I don't okay, think for, but, but no, but non- this is Let ancient say, Jewish wisdom. I have to say, I have okay. to say, it's nonsense. It's it's hobbits and rainbows and Pippi Longstocking. Well, I love Pippi. Uh, no, no, I love Pippi Longstocking. Thank you, all my Swedish friends watching. It's Narnia. It's Lord of the Rings. So I, uh, it's it's off the table for me. I all the stuff uh, rule over so and so. It's off. I I don't want to rule over anyone. There's difference between being a leader and being a ruler. A leader, uh, I believe in leadership, but there are times for, where a woman can be a leader too. I, I, I don't buy into any of it. Okay, so let me quote Nietzsche, for example. Okay, let I don't me buy quote... into Nietzsche. Uh, I don't buy into Nietzsche either. Okay, so again, there are no... So what do you think about... Okay, so let me let me ask you differently. There is, I think that there is an inherent tension between, when, between men and women. Yeah. And this, and in this era... In this era, we seek to, you know, make everything equal. And the Canadians, no. and, and ju- just a second, the Canadian psychologist, Jordan Peterson, who are, I'm sure you are familiar with, just a second, said that this is not by any chance that the most popular book is Fifty Shades of Grey. And Fifty Shades of Grey discuss a, this very point. What are... A, a, what what is uh, uh, who rule over who in uh, I don't know in relationships BDSM style but more, no. that's more about sadomasochism uh, SNM and BDSM yes. sexual enjoyment rather than relationships so you're not buying into this the, the, I didn't the, say I okay. didn't say that being dominated and even That sort of thing is not a major part of female fantasy. I simply said there's this distinction between the section of the Fifty Shades of Grey, it's a specific case, is, is about pretty much about domination in the bedroom through and, and introducing a woman to the unknown. It's about novelty as much as it is about anything else. Okay. Primary female fantasy that this... This untamable beast will be tamed by a woman's love and eventually come around. It's it's a female fantasy that, okay. that Fred from childhood, Beauty and the Beast, you name it. Okay, so with okay, so my last question is first, thank you so much for your time. This, I love that. This, this is, is one of was the most- so much 
eye-opening and what you said about ultra-orthodox being so certain that you cannot embrace uncertainty. Therefore, you know, this whole helping process is very, very different. This is, why, this is why I find orthodoxy of any kind, Muslim, Christian, atheist, to be revolting. And many people in the NLP community become very, very orthodox. About That's right. NLP. I find them revolting as well. Repugnant, repulsive. So let's say that someone heard our conversation and he wants to, to explore this domain. He can, he can read your book, Secret of Speed Seduction. He can read your other book, great book, enough, Saturn Worlds Itself. Someone else is publishing that book. You won't get in touch with me through buying that book. The best way to get in touch with me is go to seduction.com. Seduction.com, seduction.com. Okay, so we will, uh, 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 this is in the description. But again, if I want to know, if I want to explore the power of language in, the con in, in, in many contexts, not just in the context of dating, in the context of marriage, in the context of my children, in the context of my students, uh, Where should I start? You have the, your book, Subtle Worlds Itself. This is a free uh, e-book, which is a great uh, free e-book, by the way. What? The free e-book? It shouldn't be a free e-book. No, it's, it's being pirated. It's a free e-book. It's being pirated. You get it on Amazon. You can yeah. get the Kindle version or you can get the hard copy. It should not be a free. Uh, see, someone is pirating me. Okay. So, so okay. No. So it's not a free book, but, but it's a great book. It's a great book. So again, what else should he read? What else should he read if he want to explore the, uh, the power of language and the power of words? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. Other than my own work, I, can only, I can't answer that question. What I can say is if you really want to expand your consciousness and learn to live a completely different... Shin Zen Wu. Shinzen Young, why are you in? I strongly recommend you reach out to him at shinzen.org. And I also want to recommend you get his, uh, uh, I'm plugging somebody else, but that's how much I believe in his work. Uh, the Science of Enlightenment. It's an audio series. And if you want to get in touch with me, email me, ross at seduction.com and go to my website, seduction.com. And thank you for probably, one, uh, not probably, one of the most intelligent, if not the most intelligent interviews I've ever had. It, it was wonderfully stimulating. Wow, thank you so much. You have been, I, I am a big influence on many people in Israel. And since you have been a big influence on me, you have been a big influence on many people on Israel, in Israel. And again, what you did with NLP was so smart, so viciously smart. <laughs> Thank you. It, I just can give you a big chapeau. Ross or Pesach Jeffries, thank you so much <laughs> for coming today. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't be so happy because Tisha Be'Av is coming. But again, this was a one hell of an interview. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great. No, hey, Kol HaKavod, Kol HaKavod, Am Yisrael Chai. And you need to put a glossary of all the terms. I'm very serious, Roy, because... We exchange a lot of Hebrew and a little Yiddish, and they won't understand. And Yiddish some Swedish, that. because I don't know what Pippi is. You don't know? Oh, Bilby Batgeret. Ah, Bilby, Bilby, yes. Bilby, yes. I know what Bilby is. Yes, yes. In Bilby. Hebrew, it's Bilby Batgeret. But yes, Pippi Long okay. talking, <laughs> it was created by Astrid Lindgren. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. And, yeah, uh, and, and a kid named Emil. 
Yes. Yeah, because like it's just like a meal. Pippi in Hebrew means to piss. To ah, pee. yeah, 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 yeah. Bilby, Pippi is Bilby. Okay. Ross, Jeffrey, thank you so much for your time. This has been one hell of a conversation. להתראות. ביי. אם הגעתם עד לכאן, מגיע לכם כל הכבוד. אז תנו לי להגיד לכם שלושה דברים קצרים. הדבר הראשון, אם שמעתם משהו בשיחה שמעניין אתכם, שאתם רוצים לקחת הלאה, פשוט ספרו אותו לאנשים אחרים. משהו מעניין שאני אמרתי, משהו מעניין שהאורח שלי אמר, איזשהו רעיון שאתם רוצים לקחת אתכם לחיים, פשוט ספרו אותו לחבר או לחברה. זאת הדרך הטובה ביותר לזכור את הרעיונות מתוך השיחות האלה. הדבר השני, אם אתם רוצים לקחת חלק בקהילה שלנו ולפגוש ולדבר עם אנשים כמוכם, אתם מוזמנים לערוץ הטלגרם שלנו, שווה לכם מאוד. פשוט תראו עוד אנשים שמתעניינים מדברים מגניבים בדיוק כמוכם. והדבר האחרון, אם אתם יכולים, דרגו את הערוץ שלנו באפליקציית הפודקאסטים שלכם, זה יכול להיות בספוטיפיי, באפל פודקאסט או בגוגל פודקאסט, זה תהליך קצר של שתי שניות, הוא מאוד מאוד יעזור לנו להפיץ את הבשורה הלאה. שיהיה לכם כיף גדול וכיף בשיחה הבאה.